what movie they had, but they had the full movie in there. There's got to be an achievement for that. Got to be an achievement for that. That first of all, I'm happy that that movie is in there because I recently saw that like sometime this year. Actually, somebody put me onto that movie. Oh, Terry the T Rex. Oh, that's that's that good cheese. That's it's that. Funny. I, I think I was going through like weird, funky. I think it was either because I was looking through weird, weird ass movies in general, mm-hmm. or something came up about Denise Richard Richards. And I think that was the thing that sparked it. And then somebody was like, yo, have you ever seen Tammy and T-Rex? I was like, nah, what the hell is that? And people were like, yo, this shit is wild. <laughs> I was like, what? Because my my like funky like favorites that people don't remember are like uh Kentucky Fried Chicken movie. Yeah. Or like Amazon Women on the Moon. Or stuff like that. Like those movies are things that come to my mind that are like super campy or like trauma, old trauma stuff. Right. But like I had never seen that joint. I was like, yo, what in the hell is this? So you see, like for me, I went through like like once I started doing internet stuff, I went through like all the like the the camp people were like, Oh, you gotta no one's seen this bad movie. Like Troll Two, that's still mm-hmm. my joint. Like yep. Troll Two, <laughs> that movie is legitimately hilarious. So uh, good. It's so it's <laughs> It's so, so good. It's I so love that movie stupid. with my whole heart, yo. Yeah. Like, I still um, roll up and be like, yo, you you came out of nail bog, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yo, green you milk. It's the green Man, milk. I the scene where the where he's about to whoop the boy and <laughs> he won't eat his fuck cause we don't piss on hospitality, like, damn, man. <laughs> I never looked at like cream filled donuts the same way again. <laughs> After watching that movie, yeah, <laughs> it's scary yeah, as hell. The T Rex also starring pre Varsity Blues, uh-huh. pre Fast and the Furious, yeah, uh huh. And it's yep. that old Fast and the Furious Paul Walker too. Where it's just like, <laughs> oh, this ain't you. Ain't, you're not good at this. Like, <laughs> I have just begun acting. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Which is funny because I think he was like a child actor, right? Not a child actor, but like he started in the eighties. I thought. I thought he did too, right? Maybe. Like, maybe I'm bugging, but I thought that too. I don't know, man. Point is, know. when he got to Tammy the T Rex, he had already been doing this for a while, so there's no oh, excuse yeah. for this. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I was just, I just had the movie, you know, I had the movie going, and then like, <laughs> homeboy is trying to fight him because he's talking to Denise Richards, which like I get it, but then like. Dude just straight up like Pele kicked him in the face. I was like, yo, what <laughs> what is going on? Uh, man. Wild um, stuff, yo. Just wild nuts. stuff. All right. This yeah. is the this uh, is it, the new normal. Yeah. Uh he yeah, he was a teen actor. He was doing the CBS Schoolhouse special. Uh he hmm. did he did the fantasy drama Highway to Heaven. Oh wow! Huh. Interesting. So yeah. Huh. Open. Say everybody, welcome to the thing. It is a brand new episode, uh, random show. Of course, I am 
One of your hosts, I am T.L. Foster, and I'm, uh, of course, joined by Jarrett. What's going on? My cat's running wild. Uh, cat's not having it. So <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah, they don't uh, like the fact that they ate an hour ago and would like to eat again. Yeah. Right now. Cats do that though. I don't know what it is. Like I don't know what it is about. I I guess I know it's scavengers, right? Animals want more. Um, but speaking of, I don't know. That's a bad thing. Of animals that want more. Animals. I guess. What a oh my god. Uh, <laughs> we are we are we are joined uh, by Khalif Adams. Uh, Ka, would you like to let the people know where you're from, where they would know you from, uh, some some of your bona fides and everything. Uh, you might have seen me on the Game Awards this year as Animal. Uh, I was hanging out mm. with <laughs> with Jeff mm, Keely on, on stage. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, uh, I was at the Game Awards, but in a different capacity last year. Um, mm. But uh, my name is Kylie Fadams. I run the Spawn on Me podcast. Uh, I like to call ourselves the premier podcast spotlighting people of color in the video game industry. Uh, next uh, in January of 2023, we'll be celebrating our 10th year of making content in the world in the podcasting space. Uh, I've been doing a lot of fun things across the the gaming um, gaming industry over the past couple of years. I think uh, I try to call myself an advocate for for all things dope, uh, and especially for Black and Brown folks in the space, marginalized people in the space. Um, and yeah, doing a lot of things on the podcasting side and the hosting side. And, uh, this year, uh, also in January towards the end of the uh, end of that month, uh, we'll be having our second annual Spawnies award show, uh, that's focusing on, uh, spotlighting underdeveloped, underdeveloped <laughs> developers, <laughs> underdeveloped de- developers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to make people grow with green milk. Um, we're gonna <laughs> de- developers from underrepresented communities is is the spotlight for for our show, and we're and we're in our second year. So, again, thank you so much for having me uh, and, and letting me rock with y'all. Yeah, no, I I mean I know for a fact I I speak for myself, but like all the stuff that you do is very inspiring, and I I do think like I I think we were talking like previously about like just like the different game awards, and we were talking about the the video game awards, which just recently happened. Um, but I do think it is very important to have spaces like Spawn on Me, or like Spawn on Me, like to highlight people, but also the Spawnies, right? Like for people like us, it can get kind of frustrating because you don't see that kind of representation. And I really thought it was like really cool that you were able to, you know, to do that to, uh, you know, highlight that. So if you can, just for the people who may not know about the Spawnies, can you like give like a brief overview of like, you know, what you guys are looking for, what you guys uh, do with that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I agree that there's a layer of frustration that comes along with why the Spawnies is an event and a thing. You know, initially, you know, in the game space, there have always been lots of conversations, especially within our community about, you know, we are contributing in so many different ways throughout the, the, the kind of lifespan of gaming. And we never really have a space to talk about our accomplishments and our uh, contributions to the space in a real, you know, profound way. I think a lot of times we are an afterthought when it comes to not only the gaming industry, but the way that our connections are to that business and to that industry and to not only the, you know, the kind of PNL, the bottom line of what what makes everything move, but we are the we are the culture of so many different layers of what, you know, is connected to all parts of entertainment and just other parts of 
you know, the world. I think we are constantly left on the sidelines. And I figured, you know, like I have a, I have a, a voice in this space. I've, I've done a lot of work over the 12 plus years of me being in the industry to kind of figure out good ways to build that bridge between our community and communities that I care about into spaces that have always kind of left us out of the equation. And I think, you know, with the growth of uh, award shows like Dice and uh, like the Streamer Awards and, of course, the big one, which is the Game Awards, even within that ecosystem, we're still an afterthought. You know, you think about the, you know, the awards that got put into the who were the best content creators of the year, right? You see folks like Kai Sanat be literally the biggest streamer on the biggest platform on the planet and not even get a nod when it comes to the nominations in that space. Um, so it reflects a lot of things that, you know, I don't know if that was a missed missed opportunity by the Game Awards. I don't know if that was done because, you know, Kai is, is you know, I'm putting up, up air quotes for the folks who are listening. You know, he's not brand safe enough to get in, into that spot. Mm. There are a lot of reasons why we get left out of conversations. And I figured, you know what, like the best way to kind of figure that out and balance the scales a little bit is we have to make our own stuff. I believe in that all the time of like people will close doors. It doesn't mean that you can't make a new path and open up a whole new business and a whole new street. Right. Like that's the way you got to wind up doing it is like if you don't see things out in the world and if you have the ability to kind of knock down some of those doors, you got to do it Um, not only for us so that, you know, our younger selves and, and people who are coming up after us can see that it's possible. But it's also a thing that actually, again, informs the the industry of why we matter to the space and right. why our community and why our voices need to be heard in every in every room and every door that we, that we walk through. Yeah, no, for sure. And I do think like it is something where it is when you look at like being in this space, like having like you said you've you've done you've podcasted which of me for you know coming up on 10 years right mm-hmm. and having worked like ten, like on the on the precipice on the outside of it like i i remember when i first started doing all this stuff and i remember like looking out and being like i don't know there's people like me i don't know if i can do it but like there always have been it's just like not been like recognized or celebrated so i, I do think like said your show is very important i do have a bone to pick with you about um your show your show yeah specifically yeah about your award yeah um the golden biscuit now this is because (laughs) uh you do not like cornbread which i maintain terrible is because you've not had good cornbread and see um I'm I'm here to bring up food crimes because, uh, Jared, you've also made me upset over the holiday. What did I do? You said turkey was bad. Turkey is bad. I think I said turkey was ass, actually. (laughs) Okay, so you guys are co-signing these bad takes, and I just, I just, I, I am just here using a platform to confront both you guys on bad takes. that is reasonable though i appreciate that and 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 jared see here here's the beauty of of the moment right Mm. is where we get to have the 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 beautiful exchange of culinary delights right Mm -hmm. i made a slamming ass turkey for for thanksgiving this year 
I'm sure that both of you have had phenomenal cornbread. I will I will concede that there is bad, I mean, good cornbread out in the world. Mm. I have just not had enough of it to 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 change my my culinary viewpoint from a from a nay to a yay. Uh, but I, you know, it's it's one of those things that when I think of how I want yellow cement to taste, I think about <laughs> I think about cornbread. <laughs> And I think about, you know, it's like it's like that dust that we saw in the division, division two. <laughs> wow. it's, like, it's the anthrax on the dollar bills that kills New York. Yo, it's that, right? It's like it's like, oh, let me hide behind cover. Oh, this cover looks just like cornbread. It's like, oh, it's that kind of understanding of what that culinary atrocity if, is. If a person's experience with cornbread is comes from a blue box and yeah you're fucking up a little bit i think that's true right yeah no, yeah <laughs> and it, it, it's to no one's yeah. fault that that's how you got introduced to cornbread because if you look some in some particular gradient of me and are around my age chances are you've had this fucking box of cornbread at least once in your life I love and it, how- it was either a tra- traumatic experience or like an enlightening one the thing i love about what jared said is the fact that it is like the cornbread that will not be named <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to talk about it. You know what I'm talking about. In case they do eventually want to sponsor me for some reason. I can reverse this entire thing. We can just remove this from the internet. Right, like I said, they want to cut a check. We can, we can say their name. Yeah, I love but, this cornbread. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yo, I'll be the first one out there and be like, "Yo, this cornbread is the best cornbread." You give me, you give me thirty, you give me three racks. I'll, I'll say whatever you want. And it's not that I think all turkey is ass. I've had good turkey. The problem uh-huh. is, uh-huh. turkey just as a bird, like a poultry, as a food option, a, a protein option, takes mm-hmm. so much work to be just a little bit better than anything else you could do with half as much work. And like, there's just so many, like Christmas hams, holiday hams, See, better all the time. Mm-hmm. All the I, don't, time. I don't fuck with ham like that. Like, er, like everyone like rocks with like a honey baked ham. Like, ah, See, ah. I gotta hook you. I gotta hook you up with the root beer, the root beer ham recipe that I rock though. The that joint, what root beer ham? Yo, that joint is on point, son. Okay. That sarsaparilla come through on on the ham, <laughs> man. <laughs> I, I would have to get that try. Like, I, I, I see. I, I'm thinking like what I'm, I'm envisioning in my head. Like next year, maybe you do the turkey and like you do like a roast beef or do like some steak. Like, roast I, I like, like Good idea. you know. Throw it, throw, the like, Grinch throw. stole the roast beast because he knew that shit was fire. It was, it was definitely. <laughs> yo, every time I think about that, I was like, how <laughs> how messed up it is. This guy was just like, I hate these motherfuckers so much. <laughs> I'm going to still, not even like before, it's like, no, the day of Christmas because they aren't ready for it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and all it took was them saying, and he'd be like, you know what? I'm bringing it back. Like, he's the one, the tiniest child, to be like, "You are the biggest hater I've ever seen in my life." And he's like, "Oh, you're right. My fault." <laughs> oh man, I, I will say I have not had good iron, like um, uh, iron skillet, cast iron skillet cornbread in a very long time. Yeah. So, so I feel you on that. That 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 has been the highlight when I did have some really good moist cornbread, mm-hmm. like a decade ago. 
the thing is, when you say the bad cornbread, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly that stuff that you can use out there and put a portal, like uh, put like mortar and pistol and like <laughs> and, and lay and like make a wall out of. You know, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's some I'm hard ass saying. Boston Market. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You got the hard tech out the the slave ship cornbread that, I don't want, that looks like it came that. out of a food iraq a cycle out of the jetsons you're like yo what is this yo this is terrible I but like it. a like a good cornbread it's like a cake it's just like a cake now yeah. yeah also there's uh, such a there's so much palate to think non-traditionally when it comes to like thanksgiving options like my mother's yeah. girlfriend is jamaican this thanksgiving we had oxtails and stewed chicken mm. Man, like, why God. go back? <laughs> I yeah, you can't go, like, back. can't go back after yeah. that. That's just like, like oh is, man, especially now. Oxtails were probably like $35 a pound at the time because inflation's <laughs> yeah. going crazy. I think, why would I, why I think would I can, at all look at the turkey? I think you, you have can nothing get to both. talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can get beluga caviar for cheaper than you can get <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, for sure. And like, uh uh, my dad's uh, my dad's uh, wife, she made seafood stuffing for oh. the first time. And when I talk about like a revelation, I was just like, I was like, Miss Nora, I need a whole. She's like, I got you. She gave me a whole, had a whole. Uh, she pan. Had backed up already. She knew exactly. Oh. I, went, I went back from Alabama. I had me a whole pan of seafood dressing. I'm talking about ate the whole week. That and it was just. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think like the variants, like we don't have to do a traditional for who? Like who are we doing a traditional one for anyway? I will say, was upset, didn't get my chips. That's the one thing where I'm like See, that's a, a very country it, statement you just made. I, I'm I'm from Alabama. What do you want? It's a weird it's a weird thing that I missed too for my grandma. It's a like your house smelled like everything died for at least two days. Uh, but just like a vinegary death. Real, well, I mean, I get yeah. off track, but I wanted to say yeah. about the um, the Spawnies, it kind of reminds me, there's always this stigma when I was younger um, about, like, minority-centric awards, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. just how in, in comparison, or even just, like, genre-specific awards, right? Like, mm-hmm. not even just, like, the BET awards and the NAACP awards, or, like, the Essence Awards, but, like, the Nebulas, like... They they are about a media that's and it's like only niche people kind of talk about it. Things that are never going to be big blockbuster, whatever, is kind of get nominated for them. And actors who may who are either just as good and getting looked over with their performances, but won't get looked over in their communities, but would get looked over in like an Oscar setting, or sure. people who are maybe not like you know black Daniel Day Lewis's, but are like so iconic to a particular group of people who watches their movies that they kind of deserve a recognition of some sort anyway. Samuel L. Jackson's not gonna get an Oscar, but he's right. definitely gonna get several right. black themed awards because he's such an important person in like film history for a particular sort of people. Right. I feel like there is always a disrespect that's easy to sort of buy into when you're young and trying to like think about the stratification mm-hmm. of like showing gratitude and honoring both talent and service that people kind of have to get themselves over and then have to recognize that like people who saw themselves not being able to go through certain doors did make this 
alternative sort of maybe not even alternative, but like, or maybe started as an alternative, but it then became the definitive sort of recognition platform for a group of people who could never be invited to this other place. And that becomes a thing that then elevates particular people to that next level, by like by proxy. No, all these black people keep talking about one person, that person might end up in the room now because we're kind of all putting ourselves behind this person and a lot of momentum works behind them. It's just as important to think about these smaller things as both like important in their own rights, but also like as platform building things for these people. Yeah. I mean, I think you're, you're so on point with that. I think even in the, the, even in the kind of ramp up to starting the spawnies, you think a lot about motivation, right? And you're like, you know, motivation from a lot of these kinds of events and these kinds of programming usually starts from a, a place of <clears throat> looking out into the, the community and saying two things. One, who's the big dog that you want to kind of chase after? And then two, what audience are we trying to serve? Um, and I think initially, number two wasn't, number two was there, but it wasn't the biggest kind of thrust behind the show, right? It was like, I had just hosted Dice for the second year. Uh, I got a really good sneak peek about like how a big production award show is run i'd seen the game uh, game awards for the past you know they just had their 10th year for you know god 10 years and had seen them grow throughout that 10 year period into becoming literally the oscars for video games and i'm not stupid like i didn't go into this thing being like yo we're gonna take out keely in in year one of us doing a show like people don't even know who i am you know what i mean it's not like i am the person who when you say Khalif Adams, everyone's like, oh, I know exactly who that is. I'm not Mr. Beast. I'm not Dr. Lupo. I'm not one of those people, right? I'm not Kai Sinat. So it's one of those things where I have to remember, and this isn't a like stay in your lane part of the conversation, but there is that like thing that our own community will also do. We will kind of poo-poo on stuff that gets built because it isn't that major thing. And we don't give things time often enough to grow to be that major thing because we don't support it in the same ways that we should that we support the other stuff. We don't talk about it in the same ways and give it the same gravitas as that other stuff. Even if, you know, the game awards for as much as it does from a visual standpoint, from a performance standpoint and from a visibility and reach standpoint, we'll never have the heart and never have the culture layers that our show has. It just can't. Right. Because it's not run by a person who's integrated and and connected to that community around the stuff. So when I even get to a point where I'm like, well, yo, nobody like last year, the thing that kind of broke my heart a little bit was we had for a first run show, we had almost 350,000 live views for that show. Right. That number is not inconsequential, <laughs> right? right. Like, yeah, no, that's, 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 a, that's a really good number. Yeah, it's not an inconsequential number, right? But when yeah. I think about the folks who are in our community, who are some of the biggest faces and names in our community, you didn't see them share the show. You didn't see them tweet about the show. You didn't see them rep for the show. And again, it's like I don't think I've stepped on any any toes in a major way over my twelve plus years in the space. But it is a little bit of. Well, if you're building a thing for a community and they don't even care enough to share it, which grows your space when it, and it's for us, right? Mm-hmm. Then you lose a little bit of momentum and steam to understand of what is your what is your connection to the conversation 
And is that having resonance in the space that you actually need it to have resonance for? And you either have to give up on the idea of doing this for the community that you started it for, which is not what we want to do. Or you have to remove that layer in your own mind to say, we are doing something that is going for that spot. Because Spawnies isn't going for the Game Awards spot. If we get there, we get there, right? Right. But the resonance that it has with our community and doing that thing you just talked about, Jared, of the like, I want this to always be a show where you go and you say, oh, that person who presented that award, who is that? Let's go check out their content now. Oh, who? Oh, this MC that, that just spit on our, on the show. Oh, who's that? Let me go check out their work. Right. All of that builds up the conversation. It builds, you know, me and our, and our platform up to be one that has more more weight and gravitas. But it also does the thing that all of the work that I've been doing in this space has been trying to do, which is support us, elevate us. And, and the dopeness that we bring to every room that we're in. So I think if I can nail that, that's a win for me. If we get, you know, double the numbers, that makes it easier for me to sell our show against sponsorship, right? Which, again, mm-hmm. I'm paying for all this stuff out of my pocket for the most part, and it's expensive. So it's like, you know, it, it's it's that balance between, you know, are we doing it for the people? Are we doing it for ourselves? It's always a combination of both. But it's like you need the people to support it in a way that's 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 visible so that it does let the other folks who are in those other circles know that there are other things in the space to watch that don't just be the two and a half hour advertisement show. Right. So I hope that's where it lands. Uh, If it does, that's dope. If it doesn't, I'm still going to push because I I like because because we got like you need people to do it. You need people who kind of don't give a fuck. To say, like, yeah. look, we have to make this happen and we got to do it. No, I, I do think, like you said, I think it's very important to be that one that's out there and mm. kind of, um, you know, following up on that. Like, um, so, like like you said, like, it, it's it's hard to grow when you don't have, like, people pushing that spaces. But, it, like I said, what, like, I do remember it, like, there was, like, a lot of voices on it. So how are you looking at with the growth, like going into this year, obviously we won't know until like the event actually goes, but how are you feeling going into this next event with how your outreach has gone and how you're looking at growth wise with the bodies? I think we're in a really good position for year two. Like I think I'm always, I'm very hard on myself. <laughs> I, I am a perfectionist in ways that are kind of unreasonable for my own oh my for my own well-being I, I do not project that onto other people as much as i tell as much as i hope that i am never projecting that on other people and i tell people all the time of like if i'm being an asshole just tell me and i'll stop <laughs> like t- <laughs> like check me check me on if i'm being an asshole right um i am not above that um but looking at the show that we have for this year we're um we have bigger sponsors this year uh, you know, we had uh, Coil last year, we had Lenovo last year, and we had a uh, dear friend of the show, Alana Pierce, last year. This year, Xbox has come in and they're sponsoring the show. Twitch itself is sponsoring the show. Um, so they've not only spent, you know, advertising dollars, but also they've put their name alongside this thing that is, again, a year old. Uh, and you know, you know, did numbers that that are that are good numbers. But again, it's like you have to put everything into context. Like, I know how much it costs to get an ad spot on on the game awards and the amount of money that I was asking for. 
nowhere near the amount of money that they're asking for, right? So right. it is it is by magnitude smaller in that way. And we had some we had some potential like things that would have worked out if we were able to get them to have kind of like be nailed down that would have leapfrogged even what we're doing this year, right? We had some really big sponsors who unfortunately couldn't couldn't uh, get across the table. Um, and we were going to do a hybrid live show this year where it was going to be a little bit of pre-recorded, a little bit, a little bit of live because that sponsorship fell through. We aren't going to, we're not going to do a live show this year or at least have live components of it in that way. But I think from a, a visibility standpoint, from a production standpoint, from a, you know, who, you know, fingers crossed if everything still works out from our musical performances layer, uh, we have some fun stuff coming into there. We even have some fun little skits that are going to be in the show. So like, <clears throat> I, I think from from that perspective, we, we're, we're we're moving in the right direction for what I think is going to be um, a fun show that is for us, that feels like it's for us, that it has us in mind for for that conversation. And at the end of the day, like that's the metric of success for me is like, does it feel like a fun show? Does it feel like folks when they rock like last year that people are going to be excited in the chat? Like that's the thing I really care about. If that's in there, then then then, then I'm doing a good job on on trying to make it happen. It's clear that you still have <clears throat> that the show you're doing, the show you did last year, and the show you're doing this year isn't mm-hmm. the show you want to do, right? Um, you're still short. Like, it, do you have a like a a big sort of dream goal that isn't like a spoiler that you think is that you could you would want to manifest vocally? Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that is missing from our show that, that other shows have is that kind of you get a world premiere for a game that you didn't know about on our show. Like, I think that is the missing component from what we have. And we're just not big enough yet. Like I am the reason why Spawnies is in January of the year, you know, after the, the kind of games that have come out is one i wanted to get out of the the shadow of the game awards that's real like it's just going to eat all of your viewership if you try to do something in december that's just dumb to do it it's too early if you pushed it up to actually get all the games that you want to get into for voting process for the voting process which we found which we kind of ran into this year right so like every year we're trying something new so like this year was all fan voting so the year prior was rihanna and i we sat in a room kind of went through all the games we had played that year, made the list for the nominations. We, we picked the winners. folks that we thought were, were, were on point. And this year, it's literally all of our, you know, Spawn Me fans and everybody else who, who watches and check us for, checks for us on the internet had the opportunity not only to vote for the nominees, but for the winners too. So when something comes up this year and you have a, dis- you know, you disagree with it, or you're like, yo, why the hell was that in this category? You can't blame me this year. It's not my fault. <laughs> it's not our fault this year. Like, this is the fans doing it. And to a certain extent, that is a is a blessing and, and, and a curse, right? Where it's like, you ha- you if you really are saying that you are doing a fan voting show, you have to rock with what the fans voted for. Yeah. But the thing that's cool now is like now for year three, we have all those tools built out because that wasn't the thing that we had this year. We had to build the tools, had to spec it all out, had to do all that stuff. Now with our partners uh, in Grab Labs, I can go to them for, for year three and be like, yo, let's start the voting this date, have it run for six months, you know, have it run for three months or whatever. 
get all that stuff together. And then that really becomes a thing that you can pull in. We can even make the, we can even make the voting run a little bit later. So you get those December games in the mix. Right. Mm. So it's like, that's a part of that conversation in terms of like, what do we all want the show to do to kind of grow? Um, I really do want to get to a, a, a semi live show. I think, you know, the idea for this year was to, uh, if you remember the remember the first show uh, when we had our breaks, it was me doing Pictionary stuff, right? Right. Best best artists on the world. You couldn't even tell I was I was killing it, making terrible <laughs> stick figures. <laughs> um, but the idea for this year was to say, okay, so we don't do that, but we cut to a live feed of folks in a room who are doing a live watch party, right? That's the that's maybe going to be year three. Right. We'll, we'll figure if we can find a venue, you can find a, a sponsor to kind of do some of that stuff. Um, so that, those two parts of are, are, are in there. And I think to a, a third part is I want to go bigger on production. Like, you know, production is really expensive. Uh, we're doing some fun things this year, um, but I want like a sound stage. I want to work in a space where, you know, Rihanna and I are like, we are, it looks like when you visually look at it, you instantly know that's an award show, right? It's not two cats in a box in, in, on VMix. It's you, or you're on a sound stage <laughs> doing it. Um, and I think that's the next layer of where I'm hoping we get a chance to go. And that's again, like time, effort, money. That's all like viewership too. If like, if the show tanks this year, that, that makes that conversation harder to get ad money to come in and kind of like help support that stuff. Cause I can't afford to, to fund the show every year on my own, unless we, unless one of me starts making some really good money and we've never made really good money. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of conversations there of like the longevity of the show and how far we can go. And a lot of that is a financial question, but a lot of that is also like, you have to not, you have to not, box yourself into your ideas too to say like this weird thing that i have in the back of my mind that i've always wanted to see happen we can't do it because there's no funds for it like we've had so many people volunteer time volunteer stuff volunteer work uh and then we've also you know we paid everybody who's going to be you know a presenter this year like that that was important to me like every person on our show got paid like every every person you see, like all the art, all the music, all the stuff, everybody got paid. If you volunteered, thank you. But for the most part, everybody else got paid for stuff. Um, and that's important to me. Like that's also a part of our community that gets wind up getting ground up into that conversation of like, oh, they have your, everybody always asking for favors and they don't want to pay nobody. And I'm like, well, look, I will, I will, I will do the work of paying you what I can pay you. And so that that conversation isn't in the mix, right? I just, right. I, that for right. me is a bad conversation because we've seen with so many cons happen over the you know the years of people being like, "Yo, come do this thing for me," and then people be like, "Yo, that cat never even paid me." So, right, you know, yeah. we want to avoid that stuff. That's not that's bad business in, in the ways that it works. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, definitely for sure. Uh, uh, can you give us, uh, again, just for people to know, uh, the date of the Spawnies time so people are locked in on that? Yeah, so Spawnies will go live January 30th, uh, 2023, at 6 p.m. PST. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me will be on the front page of Twitch uh, for that day. Uh, for our, for our, our, our time slot for our block of, of programming, we'll have a 30 minute to 40 minute after show after the kind of main show is, is live. That will be on the same channel. 
Um, and yeah, we'll be rocking and hanging. We'll have some music. We'll have some 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 awards. We'll give out. We'll have some fun times with people, and and hopefully folks will enjoy it. I think it's it's been a project that has given me a lot of um, ambition in terms of trying to figure out how to make something dope for people who um, who deserve it and 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 deserve some fun stuff in the world. I may be old. And my and some of the stuff you like, you're not gonna see a lot of TikTok shit on the show. <laughs> but you know, you'll you'll get some some dope some dope music, hopefully, and you'll get some some good people who you might know and some folks that you might not. And you know, hopefully it'll open up people's um horizons to why, you know, we are the culture, why we make everything hot, why we make everything dope. So that's the hope. Heck yeah. Yeah. Well, Carl, we're gonna we're gonna go into some other story stuff if yeah. you'd like to uh mess around with us i will say you brought up bringing old i felt that for the first time in my bones this week um i don't know what the fuck riz means and it's <laughs> and like and now i'm in the age where i'm just like okay so you're not you're not stealing stuff that i grew up like i knew what a simp was because like right. I, we grew up <laughs> we grew up in our culture right like i can tell i have no fucking idea what riz means it's just like I'm I'm old now. I'm a, I'm officially a geriatric. I have no idea what this kid's talking about. <laughs> I think I, I don't know if I've given up yet because I can't. Like I have to hmm. be kind of tapped in not only for spawning me and spawning stuff, but for my job. So it's like it's an interesting thing of like being reintroduced to stuff or being introduced to, to, to terminology around things that already have naming conventions for it or, or already have ideas around it. Right. And then you get real old because you'd be like, man, we already talked. We already did this. God knows how many decades ago. You just finding this shit. What the hell? Um, so that part is always funny because it just tells you again that like for as advanced as we think we all are as a species, we continue to do the same shit over and over and over again. Right. Uh, which which is kind of cool. Um, but I did want to, speaking of old people yelling at crowds, I don't really think it's old people yelling at crowds, uh, <laughs> but the, um, there was a, a thing that came up where a lot of streamers were complaining about how there are no good games coming out. <laughs> um, and I like, I don't, I'm, I'm not like looking to like to stall on it forever. Uh, but I do know that. You know, I, I do know that it can be very frustrating when you're playing. Like, I play a bad game every year. I play Madden. I don't like <laughs> to play Madden, but I do. I, I have, if I do that, like, that year in, like, report, um, my largest is going to be, like, I played Madden over probably, like, 100 hours. Yep. If that was the only video game I played, I get being like, oh, video games are bad. But, like, this year I played at least five games where I've just like openly wept. This is a beautiful experience. And I, I just, I don't get, I don't get how we, I don't get how these people are also like the people who are like the front of stuff. Like um, Dr. Disrespect was one of the guys. Right? Right, right, I just right. don't understand like where I think my, my frustration is, is, is it just like being on this negative tip is like the thing that is what you're like, what you're used for. Like, I can't think of doing something that you just objectively hate mm-hmm. for your job doing over 60 hours. And maybe it's just having streamer brain and being like, well, this is where the audiences are. And I don't like that. But then also I'm just in the mindset of like, okay, well then I'll do something else. I don't know. It's just, it's been very weird to me to see. Yeah. I have lots of thoughts about this because 
it's such a silly premise to like, and I tweeted about this, you know, a, a day or so ago. And I was like, look, we live in times where you literally have the most stuff to play. You have more things to play at this moment in time than most people have ever had who have ever played video games ever. Mm. And to not understand that from a genre perspective, from a from a platform perspective, from a uh, from a scope of project perspective, like there is literally no excuse for that phrasing. I ain't got nothing to play to come out your mouth. Like it's a weird thing for people to say. And I think for folks like, you know, Dr. Disrespect and stuff, I, I, I was like, look, if you build an entire persona and audience and brand on speed, violence and momentum, you have already boxed out so many other experiences for your audience, right? Mm-hmm. Where that is the that is the bones of your community as the bones of who you are, right? You dress up like a fake action star and play nothing but shooters and then get mad when the shooters that you play wind up getting stale and boring. It's the weirdest like fussy complaint, but it winds up being a part of that conversation that I think a lot of streamers who especially are at that level seem to forget is that they are at the bleeding edge of being able to bring new experiences to an audience that is a, that is massive and they refuse to do so for fear. It's, it's, it, the only, it's the only thing I can think it can be is fear or ignorance, right? Where, you know, if if I'm a PR marketer, I, you know, my job and my day job is I'm a senior community manager, right? right? So when I'm looking for people to pull into the funnel to be like, I want you to be a part of our ad campaign. Yes, there is a part of that conversation where we look at numbers and we're like, okay, this person can give us this amount of reach for a thing that we're making. But also, it, if you're not knowledgeable about gaming, which a lot of these larger streamers aren't. They are knowledgeable about their niche, but they're not knowledgeable about gaming. Then again, you you serve less of a purpose for that conversation because you just don't give your audience the ability to check out new and new and other fun shit. Right. So it's like a really weird complaint to have to see so many folks be like, there's nothing to play. And I was like, yo, I looked at my PlayStation review this week or like today my playstation wrap up for the 2022 year and i'm an anomaly because i get a lot of stuff to play for review but like i played over 56 games this year right on one just on that platform that's not even talking about my xbox that's not talking about uh steam that's not even talking about my play date that's not even talking about all the other stuff that i play on right and i've had so many dope experiences over this year and I'm like, for there to be like, I don't have nothing to play. I'm like, yo, you're you're a lying. <laughs> you're a liar, or you're just or you're just bad at finding cool shit to check out. And your audience isn't giving you new stuff to do. And you're group you're grooming your audience to 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 reinforce this idea that this is the only thing you can play. Which is also a weird, stupid kind of thing that a lot of streamers fall into. I often wonder that relationship. But because I a lot of these big streamers I don't I've not only don't watch but have never watched. Yeah, right. Um, so I don't really know what their audiences are. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a what a whole day of Doctor Disrespect stream looks like. I couldn't. It's, tell it's you. like cornbread. <laughs> uh, it, it feels like cornbread. It feels like cornbread. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> I just I don't know 
because there is a relationship between them being a tastemaker, right? Like yeah. them being the person introducing a thing to a bunch of people and then them doing a thing because a bunch of people want to watch them do it. Right. Um, I think the last huge streamer that I can remember sort of being a person who was constantly introducing things and was being paid to do so um, was someone like Felix mm-hmm. or yeah. um, maybe Shroud in a way. But yep. like people who were pl- who were who would event who would essentially you know every once in a while break from the thing they were playing to play something either it's sponsored there or something they found and they knew that they were going to be that was going to be very important um, that people would you know PR companies would like become part of the the system suddenly mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know PewDiePie wants to stream Stardew Valley. Um, they don't, I, I feel like they don't do that anymore. Um, and that part of the reason is probably because they only really want to do this thing. A lot of these people feel like characters where some, you know, some of the other streamers kind of felt like people playing games. Um, but I think that also kind of reflects how people play games. Cause I know plenty of people who play, who have only played three or four games this year because they can't find games like them. One of my best friends can't find it. He only plays multiplayer shooters, but only particular sorts of multiplayer shooters that he can play with his brother, basically. Yep. Um, which isolates him to about three or four new games a year, maybe. And, the, right. and two of those games aren't even new. He's just, he just found them this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really introduce new games to him because they're not exactly what he's looking for. Or they don't remind, they, he wants to play a game that's like the game he's playing, but a little different because he doesn't like the way this game is working anymore right now yeah. he can't find a dead by daylight that is not dead by daylight but plays like it plays 80 percent like dead by daylight mm-hmm. um or you can't find a hunt showdown that is 85 percent hunt showdown but with some other shit mm-hmm. um and then also he can play it on a console with his brother at 11 30 at night or whatever yeah like it, it's like i understand like i can get how you can feel like there's nothing out there but i promise you there's something out there like people who only watch you know, old shows on Netflix. Like, I promise you there's other shows there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I promise you they make them all the time. Like, they can't stop making them. Right. And that's yeah. the thing that bugs me out because there's a huge delineation between there are no good games out there to play and this is stuff I just don't like. It's a huge right. difference right. between the two. And if you say the former... You're a goddamn liar. Yeah, you, you might. Say, like, you, 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 sir, are wrong. You are. You're just literally <laughs> yeah, wrong. wrong. Like it's yeah. not even. It's, and it's weird because it's like, you know, one of the biggest conversations. And I love the fact you touched on it. Was like, this is the new tastemaker space. It used to be games media. Games media reviews and previews used to be the space in which you would find out new information about games. You would get that stuff kind of you know, uh, you know, given to you by folks who are air quotes experts at their craft, right? They understand and they're professionals about that kind of stuff. And it was interesting because the gaming audience through game, I'm sorry, through Gamergate and then kind of, you know, a little bit after that and continuing till now, there was a very interesting moment where all of that, um, uh, all of that kind of energy and, and, and weight and gravity that those folks held got pulled away and that all shifted over to the influencer and streamer space. But the same ideas and 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 uh, things that people were being held to in the journalism space, 
that they were getting told like y'all are shills and we see how you pay, got ad buys and all this kind of stuff. Folks who were literally getting paid for reviews, literally getting paid for reviews, that same <laughs> layer of, you know, holding feet to the fire has never happened on that influencer side. Scale, yeah. no. Not on a I big don't. scale at and all. And really only like punitively after they find some other problem they have with this yeah. person and then I mean, they're a show. Not the fact that they were the yeah. show first. Right, it's exactly. The, it's, the, yeah. it's the authenticity of it though, right? Like, it, right. It, And what I mean by that is the perceived authenticity of like, oh, this person is my friend, right? Like that's where the parasocial relationship and all this kind of gets weird because like yep. with game journalists, I'm not mad – like when you see people get mad at games, I'm not mad at game journalists. I'm mad at IGN. I'm mad at mm-hmm. GameSpot. This nebulous thing that is an idea, not a person that I'm looking at. But when I watch PewDiePie or I watch Markiplier or like one of these dudes you're streaming and you're just like, oh, I see this person, my friend, this person because we're able to have this conversation – of course they're not a show. They're my friend. I want my friend to get money. So, like, so that, that's I mean that's where that mindset is, right? And I I do I wonder and I, I remember having a conversation with Andy Eddie who'd been in the in, who's been in the industry forever mm. uh, a couple years ago. Like I I asked him like when the YouTube stuff started because like when I started working in this space is right around when a lot of the YouTube stuff started, when YouTube started getting more lax with what they were doing, content ID, and then people mm. were doing more views there. Cause there, it used to be a time where they used to do it like on blip TV yep. or whatever. Um, and I remember asking Andy, I was like, I don't know where this is, you know, five, six years ago. And this was talking about like going into from online media. And now mm-hmm. we're seeing where it's the streamers. And honestly, I don't know where this goes three, four years from now. Because like those audiences, eventually they are going to say, okay, well, what else do you have? And for those streamers, like a lot of that audience, like you can only play those games for so much because like a lot of people now just go to like content streams, right? Like a lot of streamers are now debate bros and they do all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's such a weird variance of where it is. Yeah, that <laughs> incredible moment where, where every game streamer was watching the depth the trial. trial. Yeah, the depth yeah. trial, right? And tell me how wild that was, right? Where it, again, it's like the community has given a layer of credibility because like, look, if even if you think about it this way, like people have asked me over my career of like, you know, how should I get into the, the business and, and ask my opinion about certain things? And I've had people get like totally just and freak out and, and be like, yo, you know, uh, why should we listen to you about your opinion about video games? Who the, who the hell are you? Why, you know, they'll see me like do a, a hosting gig or, you know, get some cool stuff in the crib or whatever. And I tell them straight up and down, I was like, we are not different. You can do everything I'm doing right now. There is nothing separating you from the work that you're doing, the show that you build, all that kind of stuff, and what I've built except for time, effort, and hustle. It's the only thing that changes that conversation because everything that I've done has been based on a lot of those things that have given me some space to talk to people and all that kind of stuff. If you pull that back into the content creator space, all of that work that was done to get them into that space, yes, there's a lot of long work that takes into getting yourself known into a lot of that stuff is also right place, right time and luck. You know, all of those things are a combination of why people get into a space, but there is no like school of getting into games journalism. There is no school of getting into streaming and becoming a content creator. So we're all 
fumbling our way through this space and some people land on, on on a nice on a nice spot some people don't land on a nice spot but those folks have been given a lot of weight for their opinions and a lot of that stuff is ill-informed and that's the part that makes me laugh because you see a lot of the conversations and i was like looking at the all these all these streamers stream the depth trial right none of them have had to have done the work over their career of being <laughs> analysts around around trials or understanding the legal system to understand reasonable commentary around what is happening so that you can both safeguard your audience from seeing and understanding the grossness that's in that trial and also being able to have actual smart commentary on it but it got massive amounts of views and those folks walked away with dope Mm-hmm. right yeah. walked away with crazy amounts of dough and built their audiences to be bigger around a thing that they didn't care about that they had no knowledge about and monetized in front of their audience in a way that was gross and every and, one of their audiences ate it up and was like yo give me more of that joint and they more. could and and what's what's more and mostly probably negligence but it, it feels a little bit more than that is when especially the um the top of that tier, right? Like Asmund Gold, yeah. Gray. Oh God. Yeah. They they can afford and have the connections to if they can't provide a commentary or a sounding board to have a conversation with someone who might be a little more knowledgeable about, about this, they can find one and they'll be glad to come and sit in front of two hundred thousand people live to talk about it. Oh if, if there's one thing I've ever I've learned writing about anything for the past decade is that if you found if an expert, if you found an expert, they would love to talk about the shit they're experts in. Absolutely, they, they need to. They need to almost because no one wants to talk about the, about the shit. <laughs> <laughs> if you're really smart, yeah. no one wants to talk to you anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it, and it, oh god, it, it, oh my god, you said that, and it just gave me like the the worst flashback because I remember, like, we've done, like, this is not to toot our own horn, but I'm gonna toot it anyway. So, like, we done at on Spawn, and we've had conversations. And we've done charity streams and we've done a whole bunch of stuff around issues that literally no one in gaming cared about until we did it. Right. Mm. We were the first stream to do an, uh, a, a pro. Uh, we were one of the first streams to ever do a fun, a gaming fundraiser for an, uh, for an abortion org. We were one of the first ones to ever do it. The national network of abortion funds. We put them on Tiltify. We are the ones mm. who ha- I, me and me, <laughs> we, we, we sat with them and was like look this is the thing that we care about we want to make sure this is hap- this is happening and the gaming space needs to be able to do that work within for y'all right mm-hmm. we did that stuff with vo- vote riders all this other stuff right one of the first gaming orgs to ever do that or gaming companies to do that right and i was like we would love to get folks in for the the previous uh the previous uh, election the, the, the first Trump election, right? Right. And I was like, yo, I want politicians to come on the show to, to spread, to talk about their platforms with a, with an audience that, that needs to be talked to in a political way. You know who got an AOC interview? And this is not shading AOC because her team is smart. Like her team understands the way that young folks move and they have to move in that direction, right? But I remember hitting people up from Twitch, 
months before the election hit and said, I know you have connections of folks on the political sphere because I've seen you do streams with folks on. But you had Bernie Sanders stream on your on your platform. <laughs> right. Bernie Sanders didn't know what the fuck to do about Twitch. And then I know somebody reached out to Bernie and was like, yo, let's do it. And I was like, yo, this would be a dope place to have conversations on our show. And you know who got that? Pokimane, Hassan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And three other mother suckers who don't don't talk about politics ever. Right. It is in there. It is in the chat when you go into the stream for the first time. We don't talk about politics here. <laughs> I, when when the Hassan um when he when she got when he got when Hassan got the interview, he's the only one that does. Like yeah, yeah. he deserved it. Like that's he's a the smart only one move. that does. Yeah, yeah, he's the only one. And I was like, what? I was like, we've had this conversation on this show. We had uh, Insei Ufat, who literally saved George's ass in the last, because she runs the, the New Georgia Project. Right. And we had her on the show. We did a whole spawn for good with, with all that stuff and p- pulled her on for that stuff. And I was like, yo, we didn't get Stacey Abrams, but they had ran- random people get Stacey Abrams. We, we didn't get AOC, which I'm still trying to get AOC. But that whole like Hassan and Pokimane and all these other people who have never talked about politics and literally tell their audiences not to talk about politics stay specifically. We will not talk about politics on our streams because the real answer is we don't know what the fuck to talk about. Right. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, still yeah, pull yeah. Like the slightest pushback. Yeah. Maybe you look stupid. So I'm yeah, not going to do any of that. Uh, yeah. Right. Like, like <laughs> it's the thing of like, Oh, I don't want to be political because I don't, because I don't have a like, real opinion about it. And I really <laughs> only care when it hits my bottom line. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. I, I fess up to that. Own up to that. I'm okay with that. But like, that's when you got to find people who, again, will, will do the work with you for the greater good. Right. Like, Mm. I, yes, it'll be a boon to our show to have a huge political name on our show, right? Mm. But at the foundation of it, the conversation is about everyone listening. Right. And it's a service to them to say, look, I will bust my ass to try to get whoever it is to get on the show so that you can be more knowledgeable about who your vote is, especially in a space where we see so many older folks who don't care about the newer generation's ideas around politics. And we see so many folks who talk about, you know, we need you in the movement. And yeah, I, I took the bullet when I was in Selma and I like, I get it right. Then you got to pay respect to the elders who, who, who laid the groundwork and all that kind of stuff. But there's a huge gap in the way that those folks talk about politics and they vote and the people who need to vote and don't listen to politics. Right. Twitch is a perfect place to bridge that gap. And I was hurt because I was like, God damn it, we could have did something real dope, man. And freaking Pokemon sat up there with her new her new eye cream and was like, Yeah, man, we got <laughs> this drink got SPF three thousand in it and, and retinol and blah blah. And I was like, This is not how this is supposed to work. The pain is that Twitch didn't have to do anything. No. Right they probably shouldn't have actually. They shouldn't. Yeah, have. It, it probably would, it probably would have been the smartest thing for them uh, not to do. Yeah. Uh, that but, was a rant. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's perfect because it leads right in. Speaking of AOC, mm. speaking about talking about politics. You. Yeah. Uh, so they got Sam Berkman, <laughs> Sam Berkman freed out the, out the, out the. He was in the Bahamas, son of his toes and shit. Oh shit! They picked his ass up. Oh my god! Uh, after he ran, look, um, as you guys know, if you listen to the show, uh, I'm always down for. Uh, cause here, cause is actually doing positive things. I, however, am looking for a scam. Uh, I'm being open <laughs> source about it. 
Because if I'm going to scam you, I at least want you to know that I'm going to scam you. Reasonable. Uh, but uh, yeah, they got they got they picked them up uh, and they charged them with fraud uh, for for FTX <laughs> and the Bitcoin. And um, I I have been I have always thought this has all been weird. Uh, I'm a big fan of Bomani Jones, who does great work at ESPN. Uh, mm-hmm. But he was also a uh, an economist. Like he was he really? Went, I didn't know that. Yeah, he literally huh. went to school. That's uh, for the same reason, I think. Yeah, yeah. He almost he almost got his doctorate in it. Uh, and one of the things he always said, it's like it's funny money. Like when you can ascribe something to something, and it just out of nowhere, you're building up a value. Like the bottom's going to come. So I've always been like very leery of it. And it's just like when the, when the pandemic hit, how big FTX got and then other things that are just like, Hey, you have money, but you can't go anywhere. Why don't you spend it? Like that's uh-huh. why Pokemon cars became fucking expensive and yep. all this other stuff. Like it that just, and you know, uh, uh, Jake Paul, a freighter got like, <laughs> yeah, double parked in the middle of the canal for like a week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I totally too. forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, I, I have been waiting for this shoot to drop. I've had friends who are like, Oh, the crypto is coming. I was like, this is a, it's a bubble. It's a bubble. We see it all the time. I don't see how you get it. And yeah, it's like right now. I don't even know. Like the, <laughs> the biggest thing with FTX right now is that they have the naming rights to the old Sable center. Yes. Like yes. Crypto's, crypto's yes. crypto.com <laughs> center or whatever the fuck. Yeah, the crypto.com center to go watch two bubs play. But like, it, it's so. Um, you leave that Beverly alone. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you. Uh, no, he. I actually I will because Pat Beverly will try to come and fight me, and I'm not trying to fight Pat. Beverly. He's got no, time. I would, doing it. I would exactly. totally fight Pat Beverly for like twenty dollars. Really? Well, I would. Well, he, would fight, he would fight you. So yeah, I know you he would too. <laughs> I might get that twenty dollars. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think this is. I think I hate to say I think it is funny, but I do think it is funny that this crypto bus is just coming, especially like. From the space that we look at, because we had so many companies who were just like, hey, uh, you know, crypto and the NFTs, this is the thing. And again, it makes sense. Right. If you're if you're a digital company selling digital means, honestly, makes sense. But I just love seeing all this. Like it is <laughs> to me, it's like it's a weird shot for it of like seeing this fail because I know it's the people who are failing it is the people who are like put way too much money behind it and it's just like, oh, and like way too much money kind of recklessly like ftx has always been a reckless thing sam bakeman fried has been a reckless dude his entire life like he comes from rich money he uh he's one of those kids that people used to write like they, they wrote articles about like saying how how just how wise and how like old his soul was and like he just really wanted to be a billionaire for good or something like this this whole plan was to like make a bunch of money and then just be able to create a financial system that creates billions of dollars that he can then just give away as if that's how that works ever at all and it doesn't um and then they gave this man a bunch of money because he found a way to exploit the margin between like financial instruments as they're imported from Japan to here and told everyone that that's the move. And then everyone was like, that's right, I guess. And then just threw $16 billion that is at this dude who has demonstrated nothing, but absolute no ability to understand what the fuck he's getting into. And then 
you know, when somebody, when a journalist finally was like, hmm, we should look at the balance sheet. <laughs> and then Dan realized all of the money, like all the value of this company is in crypto that has no financial, no other backing. And like, no, there is no standard for this in any real money. And they're like, well, this man just says there's $16 billion, but it's actually 16 billion Sam Bakeman freed dollars. And those aren't real money. So it's sorry, right. everyone we sold like billions of dollars of assets to for the past three years. Oops. Isn't it kind of amazing though, right? Where it's like, first off, when you when you said that he was being extradited from Bahamas from the Bahamas, it made me think I was like, oh, this is like the Bahamas versions of Cool Runnings, and he ran his ass to the Bahamas, and, <laughs> and then they got his ass and snatched him up. They snatched him anyway. Snatched yeah. him anyway. Um, but it, but like the the funniest thing I saw the uh, earlier today was someone had a mock up or somebody posted the two. Uh, covers of Forbes magazine that had him on it and had homegirl who ran the met the the, the medical scheme. Uh, uh, homegirl Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, it's amazing to see, like, how much money you will give to white people with no with no background. That's no what info. I'm saying. That's it's like literally the, while point. this white white crime white collar crime <laughs> white people shit. That I've ever seen because it's literally so many folks who have built phantom businesses being given VC money with no credible. It's like, like I saw, I was, I don't know, I was on TikTok or something, and I saw a a, a brother who was selling sea moss gel on Shark Tank, right, mm. and. Cuban and I guess uh, Kevin Hart was on that one. They grilled the homie for 30 minutes. <laughs> and he already made a million dollars on his business. And they grilled him to be like, so what's your thing? How are you gonna how are you gonna maximize this if we give you 30% of but da 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 da? How are you gonna do it? I wanna know who are the people who gave Sam and Elizabeth this kind of money because I know that there's a layer of white supremacy in that. Right. There's a layer of like, I believe you because this is the way this works. Right. <laughs> you couldn't be in this room talking to me if you weren't right. a person that I couldn't right. believe. Right. Which is right. like a, a, a sort of field of like alternate reality that like just like surround certain people. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, I don't know black Bateman, people it, get to fail like that. Well, Very it's, few. The, it's the it's the argument about like like sports in the Rooney rule. Right. Or like why mm. there's always a discrepancy of like of black people in position of power in sports, even though for the most sports in America outside of baseball and hockey. So basketball and football, mm-hmm. um, we make up 90% of the workforce, but we don't rep, we we're not representative like in position of power is because it's like people, you know, right. If you knew somebody it, like if you do somebody, I'm pretty sure they like if you do somebody like, oh, well, I know, you know, I know, Carl, I know, Jared, I'm, you know, I feel comfortable. I can give them X amount of money and, you know, pay it back once you make your five billion. Right. But right. like, oh, but black people, we don't get those opportunities. Right. No. So like if you have like a white person who's just like, I'm confident and I have money that you're going to make. And they're going to be like. Yeah, I could give that person money. It, it, it's, it's not like I'm just trying to get to that point. I just want to get to the point where a white person looks at me. It's like, you know what? You deserve 
eighty million dollars to right? do whatever scam you want. And like, okay, right? Like, I I, like, like the sometimes debt is like its own asset. Like, right. yeah. And I think once you when you come from a situation where everybody has it, like everybody feels like they're in on it, I guess, like in it together a little bit. Yeah. But you have to be able to trust the person you're you're you're, you're kind of giving a piece of this like risk to. Yeah. And it's weird that like and, and for FTX, I could see how that could work because crypto is kind of just a big risk all the time. Yeah. So like it not being it feeling funny up front is kind of part of the point. Right. Whereas Theranos is hilarious because he had to produce something and like right. barely did it. And so, like no one has any questions until like way too late. Right. Here's the scam with it because I've worked in Medicare. I've worked in Medicare, full disclosure, for like the last 15 years, right? Sure. Uh, especially Florida Medicare. So all you have to do is proof of concept and say this is the thing it should do, but you don't have to produce anything because they're not checking for it. So with Theranos, they didn't have to show them how to do the test. They just had to say, "Oh, we have test results. Here you go. Here, like, here's the thing." And people don't look at like that's the biggest, the biggest thing about about the Medicare, the medical system, especially like when it comes from the insurances and CVS, like these big retailers, is that it's not what you can show. Is do you have results and can you do it reasonably at a reasonable price? Then yeah, we are 100% behind it. That's wow. literally all it is. That's literally how that game works. I know that I have made it when I can get white people to give me business money for a hair product. <laughs> right? <laughs> me and you both. You just made, you you just made soul. You just made soul glow, yeah. and you're like, yep. Right? This is was my like, hey, billion dollar venture. Doesn't yeah. grow any hair. Just make your scalp shiny. <laughs> give me seventy yeah. million dollars. You want to look sweaty for eight <laughs> hours straight? Do you want to glisten? <laughs> <laughs> Give me eighty you know, million dollars to glisten. <laughs> you know, with all with everything coming back reciprocally, and like uh, people doing like crazy stuff. Like again, I haven't had hair for like fifteen years now, uh, mm-hmm. but like people like uh, doing crazy stuff with their hair. Why has why hasn't the Jared Curl just made a a nice run back in the streets? Like That's just like a good a good conch. Like 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 let's let's break. But it Dallas back. Shag is back, so maybe we, maybe we were just like swinging it. Rat maybe. tails have come back. Yeah, which which I, surprised the hell out of me. I was like, "What?" <laughs> Mullers are back. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember when my mom cut off my rat tail after <laughs> letting it go for two months. <laughs> and she was like, "Boy, if you don't get that trash out of your head right now, and cut it off and die a little bit inside." Uh, last, the last bit, last bit I wanted to get into yeah. before we head out. Uh. So Elon Musk went to open mic night and that shit went fucking foul as hell. Oh. Uh, this guy, I I don't know about y'all. If I had a billion dollars, I would never be upset. Or I wouldn't even be online. I would if I had a billion dollars, I wouldn't even know what Twitter is. I would be like, Twitter, I don't I, I, I would have no still bought Twitter and you would still never you would never hear from me. My last tweet would be like, I am buying Twitter and you would never <laughs> see me again. Here's what I don't understand. Because I know me at this mm. point of 44 years of life. I if I became a even smidgen millionaire, right? If you gave me right. five million dollars and that and that was my I just got five million dollars, do whatever the hell I want. I will co-intel pro myself. You will never see me again. 
Yeah. Everything disappears. Spawn of me goes away. All my Twitter feeds go away. I'm not making any more content. I'm I'm quitting my nine to five job. I'm going to the Bahamas, setting up FTX.com too. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll never see me again. I don't understand this need to be loved and to be praised by people that you literally don't have any connection to. Yeah. In a real tangible way. It's weird to see the parasocial relationship go the other way. Yeah, like, right. He is such a personality that it, I guess he is he's kind of bought into the hype that has developed over the past however long. And he like needs to be able to reply to someone who's like yeah, Elon Musk is I love everything you're doing at Elon. Like he needs to be able to put fire emojis under it or he's not okay. And it's really good to see him try to do that in real life and then like an arena full of people tell him to eat a dick for like five minutes. Just fucking hate him. But like there are – like I – the thing is I I would always be like, well, Elon stands are just – that's just people on the internet. But I've met these people in real life who believe this guy is a fucking genius. And I'm just like, what? What about this man makes you think he's any smart? I I said it before. I can't trust a man who doesn't know how to smoke weed on Joe Rogan's podcast. Like literally, the one place the only test. (laughs) The only thing he had to do was just. It was just like, yeah, I know how this works. It's like, uh, cool, man. I have never Uh, seen somebody that rich have that less amount of swag. Like. He is the swaggerless person. Like, even if you want to crap on Jeff Bezos, which I think a lot of people want to crap on Jeff Bezos. Right. He at least did the work of going and getting every trainer to make him look like Lex Luthor in the way that everyone believed him to be Lex Luthor. (laughs) And you don't, he's not even doing the work of parading himself around. And doing the, like, I'm going to be a man of the people kind of thing. He knows he is infinitely rich in a way that is unattainable. And 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 just, like, you can't even be aspirationally rich in that way. Right? right? It's not even, like, you, you shouldn't even be in my circle of, of, of breathing air kind of shit. But Elon has this thing. You can tell he was an unloved child. Right? You can tell. Right. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. screams unloved child because he's constantly looking for validation in all these different ways. And to be fair, 90% of the shit that he makes doesn't work well. Yeah. Teslas are broken. The Underground Railroad that he tried to make was broken. <laughs> the 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 flamethrower stuff was, was not that great. It did a thing, and then it didn't do a thing. SpaceX kind of works, but is biting off of NASA and do it, it's basically taking up more airspace for NASA. And like what? a lot of the grant money from the government from, from NASA. Right. And it's just like you like the funny, the wildest thing has just been able to see how fast a not smart person can dismantle a thing that was working. Okay. Like every, everyone has complaints about Twitter and the way it was working. Everyone understood the toxic layers of it. Everyone, but to a certain extent before Elon came onto the scene, it was still solvent. It was still working. It had quirks. It had stuff that people hated. People good on there every day after talking about, I hate this place, but still log in every day, which is a whole other conversation. Right. But I've, like all the things you're not supposed to do as a boss and a manager, he has done tenfold. 
You cut the foundation yeah. of all the people that you need to do a job well out. You cut all the like today. So they were talking about how uh, all so many of the developers that basically had uh, admin access to GitHub, which is a component of their their technology stack that they use to con, you know continue to do some of their work. He fired all of them and didn't remove admin access. Because he fired them too fast to revoke access. That's like IT dude one oh one stuff. Right. Yeah. It's you like, have to you have to take their keys before you kick them out and lock the door. You gotta lock them out of the building before you <laughs> kick them out. That's IT one oh one admin stuff. And he, Captain, I know how to do everything, didn't know how to do any of that stuff or didn't care enough to think about it. They don't have janitors, they kicked all the janitors out. I, he literally is a post, so he's literally a poster who just got who got who got the keys to the kingdom like it, it it's just it's it's wild to me and i also want to uh talk about dave because oh, yeah. uh, as 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 2022 has been the year of the people that i i i've grown up loving just being like oh i just don't rock with this anymore it's just it was yay and like i haven't rocked with dave in a while but Oh. This is the shit that frustrates me with Dave, because he goes up there and you know he because Elon Musk's his boy and he's up mm-hmm. there and you got like like going after the crowd, but like that's this is the thing that I that gets frustrated that I get frustrated with Dave about. Dave was the person who walked away from his show because he knew how things looked, he knew how people were ref- responding to his to his show and didn't feel like that was representative. But then this has been the same guy who has used every opportunity to talk shit about people that he just doesn't like and (laughs) use his platform to fucking rail against people that he doesn't like for whatever his weird reason is. But then we'll cry about like, oh, well, you guys are censoring me and blah, blah, blah. And I just want to be like, nigga, you get paid millions of dollars to do so much stuff. What what canceling do you get? Your fucking best friend who went on stage, Elon Musk, is a billionaire who could just walk off the stage. If I had a billion dollars, I wish like boo me. Okay, I'll Ted DiBiase everybody boo me. (laughs) Walk away. Like yo, like I I it's it's I I get really sick and tired of whenever I see Dave. I know that era of. I'm going to complain about something comes and it's from a weird point. It's like, it's almost, it's, it feels like a black person that, that has white supremacy energy. Like it is a very much like, yeah, no, you have the power and you're just like being shitty about it. And I, he's become I the blind KKK dude in yeah. a weird way. Right. Where, where the character that he used to portray, I forgot that, that Kurt, that cat's name, uh, uh, Clayton Bigsby, Clayton Bigsby. Yeah. 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 He's, 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 he's become a version of that, but it's been against trans folks and and, and folks in, in other layers of the community. And it's been really weird because, you know, like I'm like you, I, for, for a long period of time, I was like, man, like Chappelle's a comedic genius. He's dropping a whole bunch of stuff into, into really smart bits that do make you take that moment of pause and think about how we're all connected and the, the weird shit that we all do as human beings. But it's been like for the last three comedy specials, it's literally been the same bit over and over and over again. And it's also weird because it's just like one of those things of, you know, there is this conversation that always happens, especially in, in, in our community, but it ha- I mean, it happens in a lot of different communities, but I think the conversation of like, what, what happens when you make it too big and you've left the hood for too long. Right. Mm in that conversation of 
So what does it mean to be a good steward of the space? And are you still representative of a lot of the stuff that you say you are, but you saw it with Ye, you see it with him, you see it with a lot of other folks is you wind up getting too big into a space and you are just so detached from all the people who can hold you accountable in a way that are again, like from the culture who have an understanding, who have who are grounded in their beliefs and understandings of the world. Right. And you get to that certain level and just all of that stuff goes away. Like who's going to, like who's going to check yay. And who's going to check, uh, 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 besides, besides mm-hmm. Bank of America, <laughs> like who's gonna, like who's gonna check, you know, uh, uh Dave, Dave at this point, yeah. be like, yo, this is shitty, and you're doing it because I know someone has been in his ear at some point and has said this is a hurtful thing that you are continuing to do, and he has shrugged it off to to have this understanding of I am just smarter than everyone in the room, and that wasn't his vibe all the time. He was like, look. I used to look at people like Pryor and I used to look at people like Eddie and Carlin and all these other co- uh, comedians and be like, I want to learn from you. And right. now that he's gotten so big. He's like, there's no one that can teach me anything. And that's a weird thing. It was a weird and dangerous thing. I think part of it is maybe <clears throat> the, their feedback response. He's always kind of reacted to besides, you know, laughter is outrage. Mm. Like, using outrage as like a thermometer for whether he's talking about something right. Yeah. Um, I think the yeah. problem is the outrage is, is he's on the wrong side of the outrage. Maybe. Yeah. That in like, I don't know. I think old, old people are a reliably not progressive mm-hmm. uh, and B he's an old rich person who are also reliably not progressive and reliably hard to like change. Cause they're the proof of what, the, that what they're doing is right and works is the, is everything around him is, is his fortune is his Mark Twain award is his several <laughs> years of comedy central is the fact that a lot of other professionals, if they don't ing- agree endorse, cause he still sells stadiums. He still gets yeah. Netflix deals. He's still like no one at, at the wall hasn't come up. He is not getting blackballed. In fact, he's probably easier to, to book and access now than he ever was. Absolutely. Uh, arguably. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you get away with so much shit all the time. Because like, <laughs> you know, Kanye was not like this before publicly yeah. but he almost yeah. certainly was privately and right we used to just pretend it was just you know isolated he was it was the the kardashians made him do it right um, <laughs> in reality he was just like this but he had so many connections you know many of them may be problematic because you know balenciaga doesn't care what effect he's having on the black community because as right. long as he can convince them to keep buying and that's all they matter that's all they care about right but Nobody I mean, was check. Nobody who wanted to check him could because he had he had so many other ways out. But he also, but he also got fed the idea, and this this is also a part of the conversation with Chappelle and with Ma, uh, with uh, Elon. Is at some point someone told them that they were a, a savant. Yes, and that layer of you are a savant elevates your ego into people who already had ego because you have to have ego to be a comedian, right? 
and 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 Elon got ego because he was rich and came from a fairly fairly wealthy family. And yay, for as much as he is a a rapper about hood shit, his parents were middle class. He would he didn't have to like go to some random place for a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. But someone told him that this was what the what the thing was. Enough so that like we've gotten so far away from who we thought Kanye was that I can say the phrase, I can say the sentence, and it's be and it be true that Kanye West did a track for Infowars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I can say that, that out loud. Man, I listened to that track. I was like, what? <laughs> like it came up. I was like, no, he he did it, and I listened. To, I was like, he did. Uh, which you know, I mean, but like you said, I it's. It's a thing of like where where do you get your check? Where do you where do you find your check? Where do you find your balance? And I think that's something like and I tell people all the time, like when you come to like like a little bit of like notoriety when you do stuff, it's like, hey, you want to remember like who you are at all times. Because it is very yeah. easy to to get into that space, right? Like I I've been like like I've had family members who have played like sports at a big level. Right. And like when you see them, they're just regular people, because at the end of the day, it's like you said earlier, like when you give somebody advice, they're like, well, what special thing is like, well, nothing special, like everything, everything you see somebody do, like they may be better at a thing than you are, like like conceptually, but at the end of the day, they're just regular people. Uh, and once you start thinking you're outside of that mind frame, that's when like shit goes like a little south for you. Like you're not thinking like, like I tell you all the time, like yo, I don't care how rich you are, you're one bad chick away from being that dude underneath the, uh, underneath the, you know, the uh, the, the underpass uh, kind of dude. Underpass, right? Like just because you get a lick right now doesn't mean your lick don't come back, right? Like it, it's it's always going to be there. So you you have to make sure that you're humble <laughs> and stuff like that and. Sometimes you got to be arrogant, and that's what these people are. But sometimes you got to realize, like, hey, I got to fall back. So everybody takes a <sighs> shit. That's the way I think right. about it. Yeah. At yeah. some point, you have to be in that <laughs> compromising position where you got to get on the toilet, take a shit. You ain't that special. Right. So you know, I keep that in the back of my mind when I meet really interesting and you know sometimes famous people. I'm like, oh yeah, you're not that special. You take a shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, um, I I remember I told my dad, my dad. And I'll leave the conversation with this. My dad had, my dad was in the military. Had a photo with him when I was in, I was in like eighth, yeah, you know, not eighth. I was like in fourth or fifth grade, and I saw the photo. It's my dad with MC Hammer, and yeah. MC Hammer was the coolest. And I told my dad, I was like, "Wait, you have a picture with MC Hammer?" He's like, "Yeah, he's just a dude." I took a photo with the dude. He just happens to be famous, and then from there, I was like, "Oh, that's the mindset to have." Um, but, uh, Kyle, we want to thank you so much for, for rocking with us, man. Um, we really appreciate you. You're always welcome uh, on the show whenever. But if you could, if you would like to do anything you would like to promote, uh, promote yourself or everything with that. Well, first of all, thank you both for having me. Uh, this was so much fun. I'm so I'm so happy that uh, that you reached out and that we got a chance to do this. Uh, it is it is very rare that I get a chance to talk about politics, cornbread, and uh, info wars all in the same conversation with dope brothers uh, who are making dope things happen in the world. Uh, uh, you can find my work. Uh, Spawn of me is uh, every Monday is a new episode when I'm not being lazy uh, and put out more content. Uh, you check that stuff out usually around 6 a.m. Uh, Eastern, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific on all podcast feeds around the planet. Uh, we do a show. 
live on twitch.tv slash spawn me at 6 p.m pst uh over on twitch uh the week coming up uh we're gonna have the brother tremel ray isaac on the show to talk about uh ai art in the space he's one of the the one of the kind of more well-known brothers in the video game industry uh who has been in the in the space for a long time if you've ever played fallout he's the creator of the fallout boy uh, uh image uh, so it'll be a really interesting conversation with him about AI art because uh, that's been a real big topic of con- uh, conversation of late. Um, and the Spawnies, the Spawnies are coming up uh, January 30th, uh, 6 p.m. PST uh, again at twitch.tv slash Spawn on me. And yeah, we're going to have a, a pretty dope show this year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and I hope that, you know, the, the takeaway from all of this is that one, we get to see ourselves in our best light. The The, the idea still is to have a 100 percent representation of poc folks on that show uh we're, we're still working towards that number uh but interestingly enough the gaming industry just doesn't have enough of us in, in enough places to be the folks who <laughs> are accepting those awards sometimes <laughs> so it winds up fucking up my numbers goddamn um <laughs> but yeah we're, we're hoping to make that uh, a part of this year's show we're hoping to get that uh into the mix and we're going to strive to continue to do that so again uh, thank you so much for for rocking and, and, and having me here and and hopefully we'll, we'll see you all in the chat uh, come time for this for, this, for the show Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Definitely will be uh, definitely will be in the chat. Uh, with that, uh, Jarrett, do you have anything that you would like to promote? What's today? Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, I mean, by the time this goes up, I don't know when it's going up. Probably tomorrow, or at least uh, not before today. Not tonight. before today. Yeah, not before tonight. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish I could time like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully, um, the embargo will likely be up by then. Um, a review at IGN.com yeah. for River City Girls 2. Ooh. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, at some point this week, uh, you should read that. I did not read, I did not do the voiceover for this one in particular because I was very busy, but the words are mine. And hopefully you'll know that. Once you read, once you listen to Ryan read those words, because he probably wouldn't write some of the things I said. You mean you mean you didn't pull a RG three on this one and call it Jigaboos? But maybe next time, if I can get Brian Altano to read Jigaboo, that is the that is my man. I will, goal. I will oh, crowd fun the shit out of that. Oh, I, I love I love Brian too. I'll, hey, no, I'll so uh, that would be people. hilarious. That would be hilarious. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, uh, you can, if you listen to this on, uh, the iTunes or the, or the Spotify or whatever your podcast, uh, catcher of choice, please like subscribe, give us five stars. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at turbo bison. Um, you can go to the website. We have a website now at welcome to the same podcast.com. That's what I've been working on. And, uh, by the time this comes up, I think next week, if you want to hear me talk about games of the year stuff, because that's this time of year, uh, I will be doing some stuff with the folks over at Video Game Apocalypse, uh, which is uh, over there in the Laser Time Network. So uh, go and check that out. Um, and make sure you check out Emmett stuff uh, over at uh, VG. Oh, man, I'm going to ruin it. 
I'm not even going <laughs> to do it. Evan, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to promote your stuff. Uh, listen, <laughs> listen to Spoonful. There we go. I can do yes. that. <laughs> I can do that. So I don't push your stuff. Uh, but uh, for Ka, for uh, Jared, I'm T.L. Foster. This has been Welcome to the Thing. Thank you guys and welcome.